All right, we're off to the races. Greetings, friends. It's once again another Chapo for you. We've got a full deck today for you. All Chapos are in attendance. Me, Will, Felix, Virgil, Matt, and Amber. Hello, friends. How are you doing? Just grand. <laughs> Just so could, excited for Kamala Harris. You can feel the enthusiasm coming through, and I guess suppose to kick things off Get at the top. Get in formation, y'all. <laughs> we'll kick things off at the top. I mean, this is the, uh, the grand news of the week. The VP sweepstakes are finally over and has concluded with what the, uh, the outcome that was always the most likely, the most boring, and uh, just just the least to talk about here. I mean, I, I guess just to, for me to kick things off, I, I'm disappointed because I was just rooting for like any, just any chaos outcome. Any outcome like Pete Buttigieg or Ed Rendell, like that would have been truly funny. Um, but Kamala, it's like, you know, no one's surprised. Uh, in a certain sense, it makes a lot of sense if you're the Biden campaign. But then again, if you look at it another angle, it doesn't make any sense because literally nobody voted for her and she's like really a pretty dog shit campaigner. Um, I don't know. I mean, it's just like there's nothing really to critique here that we haven't already said. Anything we'd say sounds like, you know, cope. So, I mean, you know, when you lose, you don't get to make these uh, decisions. So uh, I guess just let's just have some fun with it. I mean, it just... It's the least fun option, but uh, it's it's what we got. I mean, do you guys, where are you guys at with this? What are your thoughts uh, on Kamala? Uh, Kamala Kamala's tigers showed up to my apartment <laughs> last night, and let me just say, um, Auntie Step, uh, Magic, uh, my daughter who I don't have is <laughs> looking at this. Uh, it's uh, Kamala's husband's hot. All that shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, what the fuck, dude? That was like, okay, so I think I have the same thing that a lot of you are having, which is my assurance that Biden was going to clumsily fall down the stairs of victory and form a pool of blood of electoral dominance on the basement floor. Uh, they have subsided because of specifically a forward article titled uh, – Kamala's husband, Doug, is a hot Jewish dad. Kamala's oh, husband, boy. Doug, looks like if you made an entertainment lawyer sim game and he's the base <laughs> creative character. He's the all most right, bland right. looking man in history. And it just gives me this distinct 2016 feeling, this feeling of emptiness where people took Tim Kaine, Miyamoto. Tim Kaine, my God. Yeah, I'll the, be blood, the, the most boring, The most boring man in history. And we're like, I will be the judge oh, of who, who is and who is not a hot Jewish dad. Please put his picture in the chat. Okay. Actually, you know what, Felix? Uh, let, let's just start with that because uh, let's just let's just dip into uh, the forwards um, case for why Kamala Harris's husband Doug is our hot Jewish dad crush. And I'm just gonna read a little bit here. Uh, it says one one of the one of the things in his in, for his to his uh, credit is he quote has good genes. Kamala Harris's uh. Kamala Harris's in laws Mike and Barb are tough talking Brooklyn Jews who shop at Costco and aren't afraid to grab near strangers by the face and deliver biting analysis of their appearances. That's I didn't make that up. That's that's in there. What? what? So his so his parents are just Costco imps who hobble around and are like, <laughs> your your brow is sloped like a Eurasian. But also, this, right, was, they this was written sound cool. But like, I like this them. was this oh was. Oh my god, this guy! What are <laughs> yeah. they even? Yeah. Also, yeah. she is so hot. Like I mean, she's evil and everything, but she has like a maleficent sexiness about her. That like yeah, Kamala's looks good. She's gorgeous. She has like powerful, lustrous hair that radiates with her inner bloodless evil. Like uh, I don't know. She has amazing bone structure. 
this guy is um he's like one of those um you know do you remember uh sin city the guy who uh tried to grow his dick back with radiation yeah <laughs> yeah the yellow <laughs> bastard uh, doug <laughs> Doug Kamala, which I think is his name, uh, he like he looks like this like Easter egg in NBA 2K where you can unlock like Rajon Rondo's agent to play as. I learned this from the forward, I learned this in the Fordor article though. Did you know that Doug Kamala uh, represented the ch- the Taco Bell Chihuahua in litigation? <laughs> and, and I just I didn't, click, I didn't click through the link because I was I was like, does this mean that he represented the Taco Bell Corporation in litigation or the actual Chihuahua and its the owners? Chihuahua, the Chihuahua is actually a very early uh, Me Too uh, sort of a case, and, and no well, one talks about it, but it's very dark. Well, actually, the Chihuahua and Eric Cartman, they both roomed together when they both got into show business at the same time. And <laughs> Cartman, who's like the sweetest guy who believes all women, told me all this stuff about Chihuahua was just hearsay made up. It's ironic because the Chihuahua's legal problem was it was being incarcerated on a drug rap when Kamala Harris was AG. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the Chihuahua, the Chihuahua did marry that producer. He's sort of like he has a few years sober. He's been in all those Marvel movies now. It's kind of an inspiring story. People change, you know. I just no. want to um, I, I'd like to highlight uh, just just the thing I read about how about um Doug's parents, Mike and Barb, and their their uh their I don't know predilection for shopping at Costco and quote grabbing near strangers by the face to deliver biting analysis of their appearances. Like I don't know what that's referring to, but this was written with presumably within the last seven months. So I don't know why they should be advertising the idea that his grandparents, these 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 elderly um and very very aggressive old people are wandering around Costco spitting in people's faces. Seems seems a bit odd uh he loves his children and he really really loves kamala that's what's going on here and it says doug can hang like a dad presiding over a snack table at a softball practice emhoff has sought out friendships with the other candidates and their spouses his best chemistry is with chasen Buttigieg, the husband of mayor pete Buttigieg. yeah and (laughs) they were made in the same lab for asexual democratic candidates they grew up in the same test tube next to each other before being fully formed as adult men Check in this 2007. Out. It says he is also gamely chilled with Amy Klobuchar, Beto O'Rourke, and Klobuchar's husband, fellow attorney John Bessler. He seems to see his wife's competition against brilliant political minds less as a battle, more as an ongoing neighborhood potluck. Here he is, mugging <laughs> joyfully with Elizabeth Warren and her husband, Bruce Mann. Sans Harris, he has taken to traveling the country, strolling into Harris headquarters to pep up employees and volunteers. See how he makes his presence known, like a dad bringing vegetables Veggie burgers to the barbecue. Why veggie you know burger? Uh, actually, why veggie? Just to remind you, he's soy. He's soy based. <laughs> yeah, that's actually a pretty good description. Like the dad that brings, I mean, not for the reason that they think it is, but the dad that brings veggie burgers that no one asked for. That's uh, yeah, he has that energy. Whereas Kamala, again, I'm putting this in the chat. Look at this fun, drunk wine mom. I was. Uh, She's yeah. so hot. I don't understand it at all. Like, why would you? I mean, I don't know. What? What is it? Is it the celebrity of representing the Taco Bell dog? What? What was this man's appeal? Once you've been with an alpha like San Francisco Mayor Willie Brown, I mean, you, you sort of yes. like you want to go with a sort of more dependable beta veggie burger dad like like Doug. Yeah, That's I true. Guess. Yeah, she's she already sowed her wild oats with Willie. 
Um, I guess the other the other the other aspect I've seen people uh, talking about this is like the the laudatory press in which the uh, the K hive is getting at least um, in contrast to which the um, let's just say the exact same media figures who are writing about it now described um, Bernie Bros in the run up to the primary. But you know what? I'm not even going to point out the hypocrisy about this because, like I said, all that shit, it's cope. It's in the past. Who cares? It's not like pointing it out is going to like you know do anyone any favors. Instead, I'm going to go the other way. The K-Hive proves that the Bernie, the Bernie bro fandom, it didn't go far enough. And if anything, I have, Absolutely re- I, have re- I have respect for the K-Hive because they are the Fedayeen. They, they, are, the, they are the blessed ones. They, are, they will martyr themselves for Kamala. And like nobody took this online shit like more personally or more to the fucking hilt than and the K-Hive people. And you know what? They got what they wanted. We did it. So yeah, uh, I doff my it? hat uh, to uh, them. Uh, Carl Bayer on Twitter had the perfect summation of the whole online harassment thing. Is like, yeah, everybody, if you pissed off any candidate supporters on Twitter during the primary, you would get swarmed. But if it was Bernie bros, it would just be, oh, is that the five millionth pink poop balls? Oh, cool. Oh, I'm a corn cob, am I? Wow. Uh, but if it was, you know, Biden people would be on Facebook uh, not even near Twitter, but uh, Kamala fans would send you a picture of your child from three seconds ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you if you a said a little, little red scope finder, if you, yeah. If you said if you said if you said cop Mala anytime on Twitter, you would like within the next day you would get an email that's a night vision photograph taken of you sleeping in your bedroom. <laughs> yeah. Every yeah, the Kamala, the Kamala people, they would just take out a PSG one and take a picture of themselves aiming it at your Abbey on their iPad. Like, I, I yeah, no, I um, you know how we always analogize the Kamala people to the Japanese soldiers in uh, World War Two who didn't know the war was over, who held out on the islands. Uh, now they're the Japanese imperialists who got to rebuild the country with MacArthur. <laughs> Joe Biden. <laughs> <laughs> Everything no, comes like, full circle. Yeah, it would be like if those like uh, like those Japanese soldiers somewhere in the South Pacific that were found in like the seventies. It would be like if you found them and they were like the uh, oh the the emperor is in charge of the planet now. You won, boys. Yeah. Come yeah, on they, home. But they, but they had a cool imperial mindset. I don't. I mean, are. Are the KI people? Where are they getting this result? Like, I, I still figure they just have I, like those, like you know, not not hang in their baby kitten posters, but like you know, maybe those ones where it's like a picture of a glacier and it says like dedication, the thing that you're dedicated to. Like, I don't know where their inner kind of militarism comes from. Excuse me. It comes from like the, they they've replaced all of their live laugh love text based art in their homes and nooks with a uh, fuck kill eat. That's that's, that's <laughs> their mentality. Just just like I th- think that they have that they have a weird psychic transference with Kamala that a lot of people did with Hillary, where the, her her victory is theirs at a, at a emotional level, and so that they're they're motivated by the fact that they're actually they will feel in some way like completed by her taking office, which is terrifying to think of, but people act that way about their politicians. I mean, that's, isn't that the end of the day, what the whole seat, that is the end result. The most like psychotically fixed, uh, uh, you know, emotionally invested version of the idea of representation, right? Like 
I'm, I see myself, I feel seen. Well, that's one level. And that's of course, you know, uh, unavoidable in a, in a representative democracy. But I think for these people, if they've taken it to the point of, I am this, this is me. We're all doing a project together and we're essentially a hive. We're a K hive. She is just the queen bee in the hive and we are all literally in the hive. And as the, as the queen thrives, so do we. And we slather her with royal jellies. But I think it's also like at this point, it has nothing to do with her exactly. Like you couldn't even quite call it a per- cult of personality because a cult of personality requires personality. Well, that's the horror she, of it is that she, this is essentially arbitrary. Like they pick someone who just fits the right criterion and shows up at the right moment. Like there's no inner charisma she or appeal. She is a totem. Or yes. like a fetish, a fetish idol. Like yes. the she's a she's a, a Zuni fetish idol. Like she's Indeed. like a she, Karen Black, there's no there's trilogy no, of terror. Yeah, great movie. Um, but yeah, it, it's just very weird because when people were talking about Trump being a cult of personality, that is accurate because he does have a personality. Oh yeah, he's all personality, baby. And Kamala is just vacant the only time she's ever any fun is when she's like you know on them bars and like Um, you know clearly a little zonked out i uh you know what always stuck out to me was all of kamala's like you know viral moments during the debates that resonated in zero support i remember none of them i remember a lot of them i remember the one that was like where she was talking about trump and she goes dude's gotta go (laughs) people were like yes yeah like people were like taking swords and cutting like crude carvings of her face into their chests it was like she no one ever got more for less than kamala yeah like hillary constantly tried for like shitty high energy lines like pokemon go to the polls and like but like kamala just like all her shit was just so it was so limp. It was so like you could tell Ian Sams was working on it. See, to me, Hillary people, was unlikable like, and Kamala was unmemorable. Yeah. No, I, I only remember these because I remember uh, thinking Harris's affect was so strange. Mm-hmm. Like that, the just the sleepiness and the. I mean, uh, I don't know, like the weird, like the fucking nervous laughter getting tanked and destroyed by Tulsi Gabbard, of all people. I mean, well, just I, in terms of electoral strategy, I mean, one thing is uh, for sure, it's that Biden definitely sealed up California's 55 electoral votes for the blue column. <laughs> That's for sure. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, if this was 1972, good move. Um, but like, here's the thing. Felix, to your point, what you were saying is like, you know, it in 2020 year zero, it's basically all bets are off. Like everything heretofore that has happened is not necessarily like like pattern recognition won't help you in terms of like predicting future outcomes. Like anything can fucking happen. And we've gone back and forth from thinking like, oh, my God, like if they nominate Joe Biden, like Trump is going to fucking walk all over him. And then, you know, Captain Trips ravages the fucking country and it just, you know, the, the, the virus from 12 monkeys gets out and and like shows no chance of slowing down. And it's just like, well, okay, well maybe like, yeah, like we said, come on, man, 2020, like that's, and you know, like state by state polls seem to prove that out right now. I mean, if, I mean, if Biden is up by 10 points in Wisconsin right now, like uh, even if Trump destroys the post office in time for the election, like he's still going to fucking lose and lose badly. But like, the thing is, 
I, Felix, I'm with you, and I don't know. Like, it's not so much about Kamala herself. Like, he could have picked anyone no. for this VP pot, but it's just the way people are reacting to it. Like you said, I f- I feel this twitch where I feel like you know re- reality is is refocusing itself again, and there's still a long way to go before this election, and so many fucking things that they could do to fuck it up. Chief among them, reminding everyone what soulless little freaks they are and the way they, they react to like shit like Kamala. And again, it could have been anyone. It's not her. It's just the speed with which this VP announcement was melded together with the Cardi B, Megan Thee Stallion, WAP video and song. And just like those two polar opposite cultural like uh sort of signifiers have been blended together to create excitement some it, it just there's i i feel it tw- i feel a tinge of something a warrant a danger there's a danger vibrating in my you brain know, here you know what the you, you know what the danger and the twinge is the danger and the twinge is the awareness of the emptiness of it all the uh the same feeling you got in 2016 when people were writing like their own children's books called literally Tim Kaine is your nice dad where you realized there was this was just a lead in the polls with nothing behind it you know who gave me confidence in Biden that moron Christy Jackson one of Biden's earliest surrogates just the idiot who would reply to like uh, oh, he, you know like yeah a, he's the guy that looks 50 but is actually younger than I am yeah yeah who posted a deep fried in, endorsement photo of him in 2018 just like a total moron but who confidently responded to all attacks on Biden with like oh yeah I'm gonna get lectured on race by someone who voted for Jill Stein get lost and he's like a white guy talking to black people because he realized that it's like none of that shit matters like he was like, no, all that matters is your guy and come on, man. And look, he had the job before. And as hollow as that is, that's less hollow than the Hillary 2016 affect. And when it was that, it was like, OK, they know what the game is. They know. All right. America wants to feel normal again. They don't want it. They don't want any of this bullshit they don't want any of these gifts they don't want our candidate fucking flossing on ellen they just want like an epic old man who's like mm, come on man and it was like good i felt confident but now yeah the option like it just like it's like oh yeah no you are replacing this uh, previously shaky foundation with a foundation of nothing of hollowness of just cultural recognition and signifiers and the juice reward that the monkey gets when he turns the dial of the experiment okay but my question is and obviously it's a leading one because i you're probably going to know my guess do you think that there is anyone that biden could have picked for vice president that would have either lost or gained him votes. Of his list, no. I think that Kamala was one of the better picks because it's like, who, who else is good? Fucking Susan Rice. Susan Rice would have been one of the worst VP picks of <laughs> that, all that time. That would have been so funny, Monster. though. If, if like a been, month, if yeah. two, two weeks before the election, there's 300,000 dead of COVID and they're fucking hurling cinder blocks at each other in the street. And every fucking commercial is like, hi, I'm John Voight and I'm here to talk to you about vile rap. (laughs) (laughs) I'm arguing though that I think that I, I think that Biden could have, you know, I think if Biden could have picked John Voight as his VP and he would have still had the exact same turnout. I think it's, it's just this situation where, um, you know, buy this magazine or we'll shoot this dog, you know, vote for Biden or, you know, all is lost. I think at this point, I mean, like, that sounds very black pill, but I think it just doesn't 
matter even at all. I, I don't, first of all, I don't think people care that much about VP picks anyway. Right. They yeah. really never have. Yeah. Um, but never has a VP pick mattered less to voters maybe yeah. than in this particular. Which is kind of crazy. Because this that. is the, this is the, the most, this VP is the most, could be the most consequential VP yes. in a long time because, because he got the Putin. He got highly the Putin likely to take over at some point due to the fact that he is an ancient uh, mummy who is unraveling <laughs> like somebody shot at the end of his fucking uh, rag at a car, like in Monster Squad. <laughs> I, yeah, well, I, I like, I, I mean, you know what I think? I think Kamala is like uniquely cursed. I think that, uh, Getting destroyed in a debate by Tulsi Gabbard shows there is some sort of mark on your bloodline. Uh, otherwise, that wouldn't happen. Because to she betrayed any her Marxist person. father. That's yeah, why. No, that is it. But uh, Biden will end up serving two terms, end on the worst depression of our lifetimes, and then die. And then just be like, oh, <laughs> sorry, man. Like, she'll never get it. She'll and, never and get then, it. And like, then she, she gets dies, destroyed she by the My Pillow guy yeah, in the election. Like Mike Lindell eats her lunch and then a month after he's inaugurated uh joe calls her and he's like i'm sorry man are you are you uh, are you my daughter and then just dies yeah. <laughs> just dies on the phone yeah I all right bye <laughs> I, uh, uh, I i agree with matt though the the one the one pick that was being mentioned in conjunction with all this that i thought it would be a genuinely genuinely a disaster for him politically was would be susan rice because she's someone that no one knows or cares about except for like the fucking what remains of teacot twitter and it would have just been like benghazi ain't going away and but i would have loved that because i would have liked nothing more than benghazi to have been a salient uh, issue in the 2020 yes. presidential oh, election God, hell yeah i would yeah. have loved that well oh man i mean like i said i, I think we've we've all kind of settled on like it, it's this is just like a push it doesn't really matter one way or the other there's mm. like there's nothing more or less to say about kamala or biden that we haven't said already so let's move on to uh a, a topic that has a little bit more juice in the in the current narrative or like here's a, this is sort of the the controversy of the week. And I'm talking, of course, about the Alex Morse situation in Massachusetts involving the sort of uh, the Amherst College Democrats and basically the world's worst attempt to honeypot someone that almost succeeded were it not for Ryan Grimm and the intercept. Like this guy's life. Well, no, also this guy, also this guy, uh, Daniel Boguslaw, I swear to God, that is his name, Boguslaw. And I'm sorry. You have to change it, not only because you do not practice law, but because we're not in a Thomas Pynchon novel about apps busters. But yes, this guy, too. So we we often get uh, shit for accidentally leaving off the less famous byline. And we can't do that again, especially if his name is Bogus Law. I respect Mr. Boguslaw. I respect all Polish journalists. I, yeah, I assume his ancestors were named Boguslawski, and they were like, oh, one of these days I'm going to get out of this Chicago uh, sausage factory. Okay, then, but let, let, me, yeah. let, me, let me do my best to narrate what exactly went down with this thing. So, like, there's this guy, Alex Morris, who is the mayor of Holyoke, Massachusetts. He was elected mayor when he was 22 years old and was this sort of, like, political Doogie Howser wonder kit who's now running a, a challenge against uh, this guy, Richie Neal, who is a, a Democratic congressman from Massachusetts who is, by all accounts, one of the worst people in Congress. Like, he is both the, uh, like, the... the uh, a tax law and the hospital lobby is like man in Washington, like a really, really bad Democrat. And by all accounts, uh, 
Morse was challenging him as a progressive and doing well. Then it came out that like a, a like a, a college Democrat group put out this statement where essentially they said like we have to distance ourselves from him or rescind our endorsement of him because of these very vague insinuations that he was like. Uh, sexual impropriety among him and and college students, or that he was uh, sexually harassing their members, or had maybe even sexually assaulted someone, and they got really far with that, despite the fact that there was no actual allegation of any impropriety. There were just these vague intonations about him making people uncomfortable, or that there was no was, accuser. Even there was no yeah, like there was no accuser yeah. of any of this. Yeah, and then it got weirder and weirder because when it started, I was like, well, if this is all there is, this. Doesn't Really, and then Sunrise Movement backed away from him, and it, it just—it was this weird thing where it was just like you read about it, and you're waiting to find the thing that's like, well, what this is about, but there was nothing there. Then it turns out that this whole thing was basically there were these like young, these like basically like Karl Rove, Lee Atwater types in college, but for the Democratic Party, which is like one of the most blood curdling things imaginable. Who ba- like, and now according to like leaked chats, have been planning for a year to find this guy's dating profile, match with him, and trick him into being horny to ruin his campaign, get him out of the race so that they could get a fucking internship with this guy, Richie Neal. And it's the, a year-long the, plan to make this guy come. <laughs> <laughs> we pulled it off. A but whole it, Ocean's Eleven montage. But here's the weird thing, though. I, 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 got, I got the best balls guy in Azerbaijan. <laughs> <laughs> and here's the weird thing though is like even when that came out i kept waiting to read like uh like like really embarrassing like text like text messages or him just being horny in a way that, that that's you know if, if, if any of our yeah that, that's that's awkward or bad or something and i swear to god what they actually had him on was him just like if you look at like the chats of him again and these are men he matched with who are like in their like mid twenties, he's like we're talking about a five to seven year age difference between these guys, and they're like connecting with him and messaging him, and he's just saying things like, "Hey, like, how was your weekend? Like, I, you know, I spent some time with my mom. Like, cool." It was just the absolutely most innocent, above board. Like, there has never been any conversation on Grinder that has been more yes. like less se- like like less overtly sexual than this guy talking to these. Uh, you know, I mean, like he like wanted to date. Someone he wanted to like you know he wanted a boyfriend he, was, he wanted a boyfriend uh, from some way like and I mean and, the fact that he's like a, a a wunderkind or whatever means that he's probably pretty sexually stunted but yeah. he's like fucking the most G-rated gay man I've ever even heard of yeah I mean Morse like the only scandal here is that Morse could be thrown off of Tinder and Grinder for. People seeing him as wasting their time with his polite small talk <laughs> and genuine interest in their lives. Show yeah, yeah, but he's it, just like it's so polite. It reminds me of like one of my mom's friends talking to me. And what like, a uh, nice man! So, yeah, so it's like, uh, only- no, no, no. I, I'm swiping left. I did not want to show this guy showing up with a heliotrope bouquet and take me out of fucking bicycle pills for two. <laughs> 
God. It's, he's but a wait, 1920s wait, like, homosexual gentleman. Yeah, but, but like, but here's the thing though. Like, what was going on here was like was actually so fucking rotten and evil of what they it's tried disgusting. to do to this guy, and like what evil. they said, what essentially worked up until the point that they that their idiotic like House of Cards like plot was fairly easily exposed. But had it not been for for that intercept piece, like it, it largely would have worked. And like I spent the whole week like reading about this, and the way people were talking about this guy, they kept using words like survivors and sexual assault and stuff. And it was like, it, like, first of all, no one was alleging anything of the sort. There was no accuser even to begin with. And I think the one guy he actually had sex with didn't even know he was mayor. So how funny is that? Like, <laughs> how do you not that, leave with like, that? Yeah. yeah. What one an of the adorable worst ab- little scamp. What yeah. A, yeah, one of the worst abuses of power when you forget to do it. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And this is, I, I, I got to say too, like, you know, Shout out to Seeking Derangements. Like, mm-hmm. they were on this pretty early and, like, you know, sniffed a rat, I, I think, the way we're all like, hmm. But, like, this is just literally old school homophobia. Absolutely. Like, this is literally, like, by the way, you know they're all also pedophiles. Like, this plays into a really paranoid, like, old school homophobic trope. Yeah, like chicken and these hawk. people... Yes, these people are 100% willing to invoke that and stoke those fires for an internship. Yeah. A fucking internship. They're not even getting like a boat or money or something cool. Like this wouldn't even make a good movie in the 90s about like, you know, about someone entrapping someone. Like this fucking sucks. It is the nastiest most underhanded, sleazy, careerist move that totally, again, builds on a, a kind of latent bigotry and tropes. They're doing tropes, but it's for nothing, for nothing, for an internship. God, if you're going to like sell your soul, get something good. That is just the most pathologically depressing thing about this is – they're finding this nice man who they're planning for a year to sell down the river, humiliate, destroy his life. And it's for the prospect of maybe by the time that they're 35, they'll make $50,000 a year helping helping keep hospitals expensive for everyone, making every hip break visit life ruining. It's it's so bleak. And yeah, once again, shout out Seeking Derangements, uh, Ben and Palma. Early, and early- shock. Love yeah. the addition of Jacques, by the way. Jacques is the wild card. I love Jacques. He makes the fucking show. Yeah. Well, like, like we said, I mean, it was easy for them to get on this story early because, of course, Alex Morse did groom Palma. And in fact, we've all been, <laughs> we've, we've all been grooming Palma. <laughs> we, we love Dewey yeah. so groomable. He's, he's such a nice so, little guy. Yeah. <laughs> Just a sweet I love, I love to rustle his hair and groom him. <laughs> <laughs> what can you say? It's like Bob Dylan said, you got to groom somebody. Yeah. <laughs> if you don't love the one you groom, groom the one you're with. Yes. <laughs> it's but like, here's the thing, though. After like, okay, 
I, I was willing to call bullshit on this story before the Intercept article came out. After the Intercept article came out, it was like undeniable what was going on here. And then it wasn't just like uh, college students like stoking some dumb sex panic or hysteria, but like actual like really bloodless, evil, cynical, like rat fucking of, of a progressive. Dirty candidate. tricks. Political on, dirty tricks. On behalf, conspiracy. Of, on behalf of one of the most rotten Democrats, Democratic representatives in the entire Congress. Right. But even after that, like there has still been so many fucking people that are trying to salvage their fucking the, the, the idiotic position that they staked out in this by saying essentially like, well, um, you know, uh, there may have been nothing uh, wrong in this case, but it's actually um, still really gross the way people talked about it. And, you know, like it just shows you that like they weren't ready to believe survivors. And I'm like, what <laughs> survivors? There was no one who survived anything here other than a couple guys who like messaged him on fucking Instagram. What the this- fuck are you talking? about this morse guy just survived a traumatizing experience like i I don't know the guy he's probably pretty far to the right of me or whatever uh he's definitely weird i don't trust child prodigies but like (sighs) having that happen to you that is horrifying and when you go back and you read about like the satanic ritual abuse panic which i think also people sort of um misread as this purely uh cultural phenomenon and they don't think about the fact that it had a lot to do with uh you know the reality that uh women were going to work and people all of a sudden had these anxieties about childcare and they were imagining all of these you know dangerous things i think these things do come from a uh a political and economic sort of um you know context but this is just you know, sex panic and shit like that aside, this is just some evil, bloodless little Amherst college Democrat targeting, stalking, and developing a frankly very thin, weak sort of conspiracy against what is apparently the most G-rated gay man in the universe, and it worked. So what does that say about our moment? And what's so scary is, is that people were willing to do this, even though this was not, this isn't just another like gossip item that this gets disguised as a political issue in that this is a guy running for Congress. This is an actual race with actual yeah. stakes to it. And people were completely willing to just throw out any context of like what it matters in this moment to just indulge in a knee jerk reactionary response. And then even after being proven wrong, not being able to back down because no one's lived experience can be wrong. And so my outrage has to have a real basis. And well, you know, it can well, be without even true an that accuser. this was a rip off this- that we could be true that this was a uh, that this was a rat fuck, but also that it's kind of messed up to try to do something like that. Uh, it could be both things. No, it fucking can't. No. It can't be yeah. no both mm-hmm. things if you want to live in the fucking world and if have your actions affect it. And this wasn't even some sympathetic, like traumatized. Per- like, look, in, there are really tragic, horrifying incidences of false accusations. Um, particularly before like Me Too was a thing. And what they tended to find out is that, you know, the women or people that made those accusations often had horrible, horrible abusive lives and experienced abuse in different ways. This guy wasn't even that. He has no fucking excuse. He was not a fucking like Tawana Brawley getting like abused by her stepdad at home. Like he was not a gay Ella Ewell. 
He's like a fucking piece of shit, little evil, sneaky bastard. And again, was, for an internship. Democratic he was, he was James O'Keefe. Think about James O'Keefe. He was He's a man the same with, kind of person as James O'Keefe. Uh, these persons, just with a few different cultural affectations. This, this yes. guy who wanted a Richie Neal internship was a fucking a young man with the soul of a fucking weasel who was hoping to upgrade to the soul of a fucking swine. <laughs> yeah, disgusting. I, 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 th- this this whole affair made me think of something that Sean Moorhead uh, on Twitter said, which is that he fears a resurgence of 80s, 90s style conservative law and order uh, hysteria, but using this sort of liberal Tumblr diaspora language. That there will be that there will be things like, um, hey, you could be against prisons and realize that Willie Horton's kind of gross. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the synthesis well, of the future. That, a merger. That happened, what are the, that the two dots in the eighties and the nineties with all kinds of things? Like, I mean, like the whole Tipper Gore shit was an unholy marriage between feminists and like right wing evangelical women who are like, yes, listening to Prince will turn your child into a rapist. Like this has happened before, mm-hmm. um, and, and, I mean, and it's dangerous. It's incredibly dangerous, and like, because it's, it's too, a, yeah, it's too. The thing that no one is willing to admit in any side of the culture war are that these are two different flavors of social conservatism that often complement each other. Yeah, and, no, but like, like to, to, to your point, Amber. I mean, like you know, what's what are the actual ramifications of this? And like you know, when you're looking at, at this case, you know, on the one hand, it's like you, it's easier to just blame it on like you know, dumb baby brain college students and SGA dubs, blah blah blah. I mean, this was the machinations of the rotten, evil Democratic Party. But I'm sorry, a lot of fucking people went along with it, and they fell for it really fucking easily. And the thing is, it's like, you know, in, in the broader context of like, you know, oh, why be so hard on uh, the young people or certain aspects of like or, or Warren voters or like, you know, the, the, the extremely woke people. And the answer is like on their own, maybe it's not like it's not so bad or doesn't deserve, uh, you know, s- such extreme invective or condemnation, at least from other people. I mean, from us, we can still do it. But what I mean is that, like, I think this should show is like all this shit is a huge fucking liability. And if you make like that level of credulity like not just like a, a personal failing on your part but actually a political virtue then i'm sorry like that you are you're a liability to like even whatever meager liberal reforms you're trying to achieve because there's absolutely yeah. nothing that they can't fucking get you with or they can't hold over with you if you're not willing to hold the line on something as fucking clear as this you're a fucking sucker and and frankly that's you know that's a weak that's a very weak link but again like you know, I, I'm really fascinated by this stuff. And again, I think it doesn't come out of nowhere. It's not all whatever. The whole SJ dub thing, it has way more to do with the fact that I think feminism uh, is very much an unfinished project and turned into this liberal fucking chaos demon of careerism um, that drove everyone insane and uh, women realized, oh, I, I got all these things, um, but uh, they all suck because I have no economic or financial security. And I think there was like this period of like, you know, the naughty oddies where like sexual libertinism was the way to be like a good feminist. And then we're experiencing kind of a backlash with that. Like, again, I, I, I think that this stuff doesn't, it's not just like kids gone wild this is a response to the economic realities of a generation 
that falls in line with a, you know, a multi-generational campaign to try and figure out some way to like grapple with sex politically and socially. Nonetheless, it is actually dangerous. It is the, the shit that happened with, with the satanic ritual abuse stuff. Like it had long standing. I mean, we think it's like funny. Everyone, everyone believed this shit because a four year old did it. And then I saw Satan and the baby winked at me. But like, it's actually horrible. They locked up people who were usually poor. They locked up a lot of immigrants, gay people, of course, definitely, obviously fell on gay people. They're like, well, these are obviously the people abusing our children. Like there were like some like uh, Mexican lesbians that were like in jail for years and years and years based on something that like was pulled out of a three-year-old. No, I, I pulled out of being a story. I don't mean physically. If they pulled something out of them, yes, maybe do an investigation. It's like it's like it's like when a dog eats like the string that's on a fucking roast beef. <laughs> you just got to keep pulling. <laughs> but like, they, I mean, like this stuff does result in like major legislative changes. It does put people in jail. It does create uh, a more uh, atomized and frankly, like bigoted society. Like they were making real advances in gay rights and then AIDS happened and suddenly these people were stigmatized and then the satanic ritual abuse thing also didn't fucking help. There were like men were starting to get jobs in like childcare and sort of sort of like that became, but it was usually like gay men, you know, the pioneeresses, if you will. And then all of a sudden people were nervous about having fairies around their fucking kids because there was this old idea of like the pedophile gay man floating around this and, shit and it, is like, is actually dangerous but consider like the like the the like i said the terms that were used to describe even like like the what was being alleged but like no one ever actually like there, there was no there there was basically a guy who was like 31 matching on a dating app with someone who's like 25 and pursuing them romantically and there was just this idea that like oh the power uh, g- gap is so imbalanced that like even if the person technically consents to it it's still like not cool for like the person to seek it out in the first place and then they were like oh well he's a mayor and i'm like realistically how much like a mayor of a town of two thousand people how much power how much of a fucking power gap exists between them and a grad student in the town where they fucking like that they're mayor of like serious like really this was not let's say bill clinton and monica Lewinsky, where one was the president of the fucking united states and the other one was his intern and then there's this issue about cities in america where being a mayor even matters is pete Buttigieg a groomer yeah, good point. Mm-hmm. Pete Buttigieg yes. was uh, yes. nearly a full decade. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> nearly a full decade older than Chasten when he met him. That's Is true. He a Suspicious. Um, I think the most maddening thing to all this, and we frequently talk about how hypocrisy means nothing, but it is seeing people who are evidently fine with Bill Clinton, the serial rapist, having a fucking speaking slot at the 2020 DNC making hay out of this. How how does that work? How does that work? How do you want to make common cause with these fucking people? Do you think they even care about this? Or do you think they care about this because they care about Richard Neal? I mean, it's just they don't even care about Richard Neal. It could be anyone. It's, yeah, no, it could be any it could be any essential NPC filling that role of keeping well, hospitals ruinous for people to visit. I have but- a suggestion Raise the age of consent for aspiring PMC people to 35. They can't Agreed. handle it. They it can't does seem handle like it. They have a hard time with the concept. 
Like maybe you guys should just time out on sex until you figure out that like it's not always going to be great and that seeking to make it that way is impossible. <laughs> and maybe oh. like wait until you're professionally established uh, enough to where you're not going to, I don't know, develop an incredibly like convoluted catfishing scheme to get an internship. That's some psycho stuff. Anyway, uh, I mean, like, I, I, I don't even know much about his campaign, but like, I, I gave money to Alex Morris because I felt so fucking bad about what happened to him. Because like, it, yeah, it just like that's gonna this be traumatizing. shit was this shit was just it was just so fucking evil, and and it just like even though they were caught out dead to rights, like I, I still see so many people holding out like some way to fucking salvage like salvage this thing for themselves to be like uh, just to avoid saying I was wrong, I'm a sucker. I didn't give money to Alex Morris, but I made multiple grinder accounts and set the location to Western Massachusetts. I'm constantly matching with him and engaging in pleasant conversations with him, asking him about his day, saying, oh, you marched in a parade. That was so interesting. I bet that was really fun for you. And so I'm just giving him little pick-me-ups. I guess literally, that was literally one of the messages. Like, oh, I uh, I just did a wine tasting and I'm marching in a parade tomorrow. And they're like, I cut a ribbon today. Is this, it's so Oh, he was the mayor. It's so he was awesome. the mayor. He was the mayor of Busy Town. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, he was driving around in a big apple. Yeah. I like to take I you to think, a soda shop. And like, I don't, I don't even know how they couldn't find something more incriminating on this guy. How well, squeaky I mean, clean do you need to be? Imagine they, well, they, anyone on this podcast if if they wanted to, I don't know, develop a conspiracy about us. It would be so much easier. Well, Amber, like he that's left, the scary he part. Left jewel, he left empty jewel pods all over the floor of his apartment <laughs> well, Amber, to hurt like, visitors. But like that, that's the scary part, though, because like it took them a year to set this up, and they had nothing. They had absolutely nothing. nothing, but they still managed to basically get away with it. Were it not for this one investigative reporting piece on it to like you know sh- to make clear what was going on, if that didn't happen, it would have fucking worked. And like like here's the thing. Like the, the last thing I want to say about this is uh, it's a point Liz Brunig made on Twitter that really stuck with me, and like. I, like it's, the people who actually did this conspiracy, like not not the not the fucking dopes who all went along with it and are now trying to backpedal. Like the people who actually like designed it to get a fucking internship, like in their chats and the shit that came out about the, how they were talking about it. It was very clear that they understood that if they could prove or get any sort of anything that suggested that this guy was a young man seeking out love and a romantic partnership or even just sex with another human being, that that would be enough, that that's all it would take. And it's just like, yeah. that that's, that's, that's a very disturbing thing to think about. Cause it's just like, you know, love and sex is something that like all human beings seek out and need at a certain level. And, and, you know, as you mature into adulthood and get older, like it's something that you realize from just like something switches in your head and then you realize, Oh God, like the rest of my life is going to be defined by this. Oh fuck. guess I'm shackled to this. But the idea is like, nobody gets out of it unscathed or unharmed. And like, it's like, it's, it's, it, it, it sucks. It's, messy but you know but it's necessary and and then is it you know on when done right like the thing that makes life worth living it's the thing that like makes us human beings that like defines our connections to like other people and and the future and it's just it, right it's and very, some of it, us are out here trying to get that d so quit fucking it up <laughs> like I, the, okay defund the horny police is all i'm saying <laughs> well okay i mean well, uh, i mean yeah as as uh someone said 
uh, I forget who it was. It is easier to win the Democratic nomination if you're on the Lolita Express than if you're on Grinder. <laughs> yeah. Well, I this mean, this does not cut both ways. Here's the yeah. thing. Don't ever think it does. And like, exactly, it doesn't cut both ways. And here's the thing: like, even if you're doing it because from like from like the most like radical perspective of like you know ending things that you know we we should be condemning in society, things like sexual abuse and sexual harassment, or like actually abusing a position of power to like force someone into like what would otherwise be a co- like a coercive sexual relationship. Like, if you like, it will never ever ever down to your benefit of like your if your cause is like let's say to the left of the democratic party or even left of like the right wing of the democratic party like it's it's just coincidentally it'll only ever work to the benefit of a fucking piece of shit like richard neal and the hospital lobby in this country that should fucking tell you something about like the efficacy of like really going all in on shit like this yeah, and also it will never matter to the people that don't care. Like I said this again very early on. I said quit trying to meet to Biden because the people who like him don't care and it won't work on him. Like it's just you're using the wrong tool for the job. You know who said what? they believe didn't work. You know who said they believe Biden's accusers? Kamala Harris. <laughs> you're not you're not gonna <laughs> You're not yeah. going to morally you're not exactly. going to morally move these exactly. fucking people to do anything. They don't Stop it. care. They believe in nothing. These men are nihilist on it. You think we are kidding or making with the funny stuff? Yeah. You things you haven't dreamed of, Lebowski. Yeah. We believe in nothing. We believe in nothing, Lebowski. Nothing. And tomorrow we come back and we cut off your Johnson. Excuse me? I said we cut off your Johnson! Okay. Uh, well, uh, moving on from the uh, from the Alex Moore situation, uh, here, here is another uh, a news item this week, and that was basically it's come out. I'm, I'm just going to read. I'm going to read this now. This is from this is from Vice here, and uh, hold on a second. It says here uh, the post office is deactivating mail sorting machines ahead of the election. The United States Postal Service is removing mail sorting machines from fa- facilities all around the country without any official explanation or reason given. Motherboard has learned through interviews with postal workers and union officials. In many cases, these are the same machines that would be tasked with sorting ballots, calling into question promises made by the Postmaster General Louis DeJoy that the USPS had ample capacity to handle the predicted surge in mail in ballots. And then, of course, just yesterday, uh, Trump in an interview with Fox Business Channel uh, said this uh, as to see why he is um, cutting money or like uh, just withholding funds from the USPS. He said they need that money in order to make the post office work so it can uh, take all of these millions and millions of ballots. Um, But if they don't get those two items, that means you can't have universal mail in voting because they're not equipped to have it. Just... uh, about about as I mean, it just I know saying the quiet part loud is sort of a cliche at this point, but like it doesn't really even a cliche doesn't even fit what he's doing. No, he here just with said this. it. He said it. I want to stop. I don't want them not to be able to vote. It's just that's what he's saying. I want to stop people who will not vote for me from voting. Failed state. Failed state. Failed state. <laughs> Failed state. Wild, wild stuff. And it's funny because this is the shit that the liberals now are very, very ex- exercised about. But it's. Because we are now collectively just the, the nation of Karens. I mean, that Karen thing took off because everyone accuses people of the thing they worry that they are. And at the end of the day, everybody is essentially a Karen because all we have is the power to talk, to demand to speak to a manager. And so that's what are all trying to do at every level, including politics. And everyone's just saying mods. Can he do that? Mods. And while that's happening, he just does it. 
And if they fucking like rip off the selection somehow, like 10 million ballots just aren't counted uh, and it gets validated by like some 19 year old federal judge (laughs) uh, (laughs) like from fucking like a who got his degree in like the legal theory of Warhammer 40K. Uh, decides that it's valid. What are they going to do? There's, we're all just going to say, so why this is happening? And then there's going to be an inauguration and all the Democrats are going to be there. They're going to be like, this is fucked up. It's like, yeah, well, someone should do something. It's shit. Yeah. Then it just, it's going to happen. Okay. There's just no way, there's no mechanism for anybody to stop it. It's kind of horrifying to think about. Because it's, you know, we're doing the tragedy farce and then God knows what this third, I don't know, rule of threes. That's how yeah. first is strategy, then as far as then rule of threes. I wonder who the next manager is going to be that they're going to try to appeal to because it was like Comey, then Fauci, and are there a few in between yeah. there. Who is prediction time? Who's going to be the next manager that the libs try to appeal to? I mean, I guess Kamala because she's a cop. She's going to put him mm, in jail for maybe. the crimes he did. Maybe. That's going to make Pelosi put- so mad. Because she wants to be the, you know, the the queen bee. No, no, I don't. I mean, does anybody reasonably, realistically think she's going to do anything? Even people who like her? I've got one. Should he lose uh, this election coming up, which it very much looks like he will, uh, Joe Kennedy the third, they'll be begging Biden <laughs> to like give him some plush cabinet job, like make him postmaster general and fix the post office. JK three is the occluded Kennedy. Uh, uh, we, um, we've run into an issue. Joe the third has gotten all the letters wet. <laughs> She's ruled on all of them. Joe will make, Joe will make the uh, the uh, pre adhesive stamps illegal because he just loves licking them. <laughs> <laughs> that will be his only act as postmaster general. I like the taste. Joe, I like the taste. I can't lie. I know. I know Mindy. he's off this topic, but holy fuck, did Joe? It's looking like he's going to blow it. He, yeah. yeah, he had a huge lead. He was riding that name recognition points, and then people actually saw him talk, and he's just some sputtering dork who always just looks like he's trying to talk himself out of a DUI, just blinking and sputtering. Before yeah, like, before fuck. we yeah, before we get back to it, credit to Marky and his people for pointing out that uh, Joe the Third has a twin. Something I didn't know. Something what? that makes it seem even stranger. What? Yes. Joe the Fourth. Extra okay. creepy. Extra yeah. creepy. He has a twin brother who runs his pack that he says he would never have. What? Okay, wait a second. Wait a second. Wait, are, they, are they identical like twins? Or just, are, they, are they fraternal twins? They're fraternal twins. Okay, it's dead ringers. Think, yeah. okay. It is yeah. totally dead ringers. Oh, Bev and Elliot Mantle uh, run for office together. <laughs> Let's just say they like sharing a lot of things, including a super pack. Um, but here's the thing. God, what, what's, at, wait, I, wait I gotta a look at the brother. Wait, what's odd about this he's, is he's, how come he got stuck with Joe Joe Kennedy the third? What's the other brother name? Just like her? No, the other brother is Joe Kennedy the negative third. <laughs> he says things like he says things like bad bye. <laughs> they must never be allowed to come in contact yeah. with one another. Joe they will create Joe, a rift in space time. Joe negative third speaks Portuguese, not Spanish. <laughs> Friendly it, wait, fire, Matt. He's incredibly fire. dry. Is he's it bone Matt dry. <laughs> oh, he's 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 weird looking. He's not ginger either. No, no yeah, they're not plus. identical. Yeah, he's uh, but he does have weird bad Irish guy hair. 
right? The, like, the Kennedys really degraded over time. They're like at the, just like the last ring on yeah, the they're like on the mediograph. The it's yeah. just, oh, yeah, thank, yeah. thank George, thank George H. W. He broke that bloodline over his knee. <laughs> Felix, I, I, he I, is I smiling. I really appreciated what you said. Is that um, somewhere in um, Episcopalian heaven or hell, depending on your perspective, uh, George H. W. Bush is looking up or down, and there's nothing he likes better than to see than a Kennedy gas for his last fucking press. <laughs> he is so happy where he is right you know now. What Felix- him, and, him, and, him, Jimmy, James, Jesus, Angleton, uh, you know, whatever, whatever Dulles. other Baker relatives, Dulles, they're all smiling. They're all like the dogs playing poker right now. Uh, I mean, I, 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 I hate the, the fucking Kennedys too, so I enjoy, I enjoy, first of all, I just enjoy watching their sort of Habsburgian trajectory generationally, but watching well, them just like, just beef it feels so good your your recent um uptick in interest in george herbert walker bush actually has given me i think we should do a future episode just on the life and career of george hw bush because it is so it is so fascinating because he is like the most forgotten president other than gerald ford maybe of the like post-war like modern american new american century or whatever but like he is at like the fucking choke point of like almost every major like consequential piece of evil in American history even if you don't believe that he killed Kennedy he was just happened to be in Dallas yeah, working, for, working for the CIA on November 22nd and just doesn't seem to remember where he was when <laughs> yeah. people asked him I'm, uh, I'm, 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 I'm reading Family of Secrets right now I'd, yeah. love, to, no, I'd love to be on that particularly because it's it was a different kind of right at the time it hadn't become like evangelical. They were still like classic wasps. Yeah, like wasps. Yeah, he, like that's why. What happened to wasps? That's why Bush man. is such an interesting figure because he's the guy who sort of midwifed that transition. Like yeah. he, he is the guy behind the scenes who made the deal between the rust, the the Sun Belt and uh, Wall Street, and the, the the transition from the wasp. He was the last of the wasps. I mean, and then his kid was a fake evangelical, and now the like now it's fully transitioned. Yeah, but that he's he really point. a curse too because because he like he he uh, yeah he he midwifed this kind of uh, relationship particularly like with uh, the sort of power players of the of this new wave of um, politically ambitious evangelical right and his curse for doing so like a like a fucking Greek epic is that he his son became Talladega Knights. Yes. He must have been yes. so horrified. He's like, oh, and, God, no, look at this, you know, moon calf that I that I have produced through my evil works. And, and the son that wasn't Talladega, the one who did lived his entire life trying to win the approval yep. of his freak patrician parents, was utterly humiliated by a guy that George and Baker would have bullied into stashing yeah. Nicaraguan cocaine <laughs> in Manhattan in 1979. Felix, Can you imagine? Yes. Can you imagine what HW would have done to Donald Trump at the peak of his powers if Trump had insulted Barbara? Yeah. yeah. Can you imagine? It he would have it would have been like when Genghis Khan ran that fucking river over that Persian warlord who insulted him over his birthplace and I erased mean, it off the map. Speaking of battle axes too, Barbara. 
And what they ended up doing is he ended up helping. I mean, he had to do it because because the party was changing, but he he wanted to stay on top. And and the price for that is that he has to watch one son uh, do this shuck and jive evangelical stuff to get elected and then watch the good son, the one who wasn't a drunk dipshit, the one who was uh, supposed to run for president first, uh, just get annihilated by the tribune of a bunch of jug hooting yokels. Yeah. So uh, let's not get too much away there's so much to talk about here and like the life and career of george herbert oh, Walker yeah, no. Bush. it's, a yes. it, it's my like, favorite text. it's just he's he, he's so forgotten you know like and it just but there's so there's so many there's so much interesting shit there that's what's about so it. to me that's what's it so is, amazingly it is, poignant about him it's a key that unlocks so much about like everything that came after him you know like yeah. even though he himself doesn't seem like this very historic or consequential figure but he, i mean in what's a lot so of amazing ways, is that is that it's the, it's almost a perfect poetic irony is that so this is a guy who behind the scenes was one of the most pivotal figures of the emerging American like right wing and it's in its governing coalition that like took over with Reagan and, and like normalized across both parties So the neoliberal turn and he helped manage it. And he was like a, a conduit from the deep state and, and old old money wasp uh, East Coast money to the fucking hillbilly uh, or to the cowboy uh, oil people in the Sun Belt and the Defense Department or and uh, the military industrial complex. He was there. He was on. He wasn't able to beat Reagan, but he was able to like stay on the team. He got to be president. He tricked. Saddam Hussein into invading Kuwait just so that he could win re-election. And then just because the the economy had a little bit of a dookie for three months in 1980, uh, 1992, he fucking lost and goes and down as a loser and a forgotten schmuck. It's a, a just guy, amazing. A guy, a guy who was a Navy pilot who won a Navy cross, the second highest commendation you can get in the military, the respective branches uh, cross uh, a guy who made millions of dollars in oil, the son of another patrician freak in Prescott. Yeah. A, Nazi collaborator. Nazi collaborator, founder of Planned uh, one of the founding board members of Planned Parenthood. And, uh, you know, uh, I'm, I'm wearing my Dinesh hat a little too much here. But uh, <laughs> uh, after all that, also, I mean, I think it's pretty much agreed upon i i agree with this he wouldn't have lost to clinton if it wasn't for another earlier tribune of jug hooting yokels in ross perot mm. oh yeah perot split his vote and he goes down as a loser because then, at the yeah. end of the day we're all we're all summoning we're all sorcerers these guys are sorcerers apprentices summoning powers that they can only marginally control yeah and well, eventually and, be overcome by and his his biggest skill was coalition building I mean, again, like a, a, a an evil kind of marriage, but like you don't really get credit with that with for with voters. You know, they don't know that you're or if they did, they might be disturbed by the fact that you're the architect of a, a new kind of unified right that that, you know, uses sort of populist language, but is still fundamentally uh, steered and directed by the elites um, and one day you will have a, you know, a country bear jamboree son that will like be like the obvious, like, uh, you know, fruit born of that who again, grew up in fucking like, you know, sipping clear liquor in Connecticut, but nonetheless is the sort of avatar of like that new right. It is insane. It's totally there's, insane. There's People a- don't realize that the right 
was totally different back then. People don't realize how apolitical the evangelical movement was for a long time. That's why, like, fucking Tammy Faye Baker is like a gay icon because she was never a fucking bigot. Um, that I the the last thing I personally want to say about HW before we do this episode on him, which I think is such a good idea is he's also responsible for some of the most sociopathic quotes in American political history. People think Trump is a sociopath. Do you know what George H.W. Bush said after a Navy, a Navy missile shot down an Iranian civilian airliner killing hundreds? I will never, I will apologize. never apologize for America right or wrong. Yep. And by the way, that Held also is an example. And that led yeah. to the Lockerbie to fair, bombing that's, that's, over that's Scotland. That's what I say about this podcast. I will never apologize for Chapa right or wrong. Well, well, yeah, that, that's a very correct. cold thing it's, to it's, say. Well, it works. It works. Got the deal. Um, all right. So well, one, one last thing here uh, today. You know, we've, we've, I don't know if this brings a full circle or not. I just think it, it bears bringing up because it's a new phenomenon that I learned about on the internet this week. And it's a doozy of a one. And by that, I mean, it's, it's a hot new trend that's sweeping Facebook. And that trend is men intentionally shooting themselves in the dick with their own gun. By that, I mean they take <laughs> photos of themselves pointing a loaded gun, a loaded pistol at their junk, at their balls and penis, with their finger on the trigger, and enough of them have accidentally pulled the trigger and like shot off their dick or bored a hole through their scrotum. There's, there's one photo I saw of a guy, he's like, uh-oh, gang. I, th- I think I messed up and it's like his pants are around his ankles and there's blood everywhere. And my favorite thing is you can see blood soaking in the corners of one of those little pocket constitutions that all these guys really love. But here's the thing. I looked into it and I initially thought that this would be like a new frontier in owning the libs, you know, like when people would lie in dumpsters because Gavin told them to or or throw their care eggs that they bought on a bonfire because of I don't even remember what. But no Eat dried out sticks with ketchup. Yeah, yeah. But no, it's not that this is a, this is like, I don't know. I don't know if it's a new phenomenon, but it was one that even I was surprised to learn about this whole there. There are actual Facebook groups dedicated to guys pointing loaded guns at their dick and balls. This is not about triggering the libs. This is apparently about triggering other gun loving Americans who nonetheless are a bit of a a bit of a scold when it comes to things like trigger discipline or not pointing a loaded handgun at another person in a photo oh. for fun. And this is just their way of saying, fuck you. I'm going to have fun. Like, um, you do like, well, I mean, what's the point of having a gun if I can't fucking wild out a little bit? And they're, they're shooting their dicks off as a result of it. But it is all about like, just it, it, Matt, you like, the way you describe it, it's like, this is just, this is death drive just squared. This is just, dick, we're, on the, dick, we're on the, we're on the, we're on the death drive. We're on yeah, the death because, turnpike right now. It's just 80, because, mile, 70 mile an hour speed limit. Because it shows that the the urge to own the libs, the urge to do something that the libs don't like, where you're totally getting your pleasure from not the act itself, but from your ima- the imagined annoyance of the person who would have you not do it. It it shows that it's deeper than just being mad at like an politicians and, and 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 PC culture and the nanny state. You're essentially hostile to anyone who would have you do and who would suggest to you 
to not do anything that would be wildly harmful to you. Like there's an innate hostility there as the, and it seems like, yeah, like why are you that mad that somebody would suggest you not do something dangerous? And it's like, cause you want to do it. Don't you? It's, it's, Secretly, a, it's a degree of oppositional level, defiance disorder that can only yeah. result in, in self-destruction. Yeah, because like if your whole thing, if your whole pleasure is don't tell me not to do something, then it has to be eventually taken to the end point because it's don't tell me not to put the gun next to my dick, not for its own sake, but because it risks you shooting your dick. It's and it's also so they're essentially telling you don't shoot your own dick, and it's a point. You're going to have to shoot your own dick. You'll inevitably have to shoot your own dick. And here's dick. the thing. It's not about just taking a photo of yourself pointing a gun at your dick. You have to take the photo so the people looking at the photo can judge clearly that the safety is off and your finger is on the trigger. And when I said that this is a phenomenon of people intentionally shooting themselves in, your, in their dicks, you might uh, scoff at that because obviously, you know, it would appear accidental. I would submit to you that if you've gone that far and are uh, uh, gleefully pointing a handgun with the safety off loaded at your dick on some level you want to shoot your dick off yep yeah it's, i, I, this I is don't a, think that's yeah. a that's a, a freudian reach there that's pretty <laughs> yeah. heavy-handed yeah <laughs> but, but also but again, okay. who will rip me of this troublesome dick look into this before saying that it's actually actually happening because it does sound like a lot of uh, look at what the dumb right wingers are doing now. I don't think it's impossible, but I would double check before making before like saying like look at what they're doing now. But this is the most plausible thing, and even as a myth, it makes sense. But it also, yeah. I think, indicates that there is a breakdown of kind of um, uh, reactionary solidarity. So, like gun guys, like 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 real gun guys, where I'm from, are essentially it's a type of nerd. Uh, mm-hmm, you know, yes. they're, they're, they're not really like you have your creepy, uh, political, like, you know, homesteader compound, don't tread on me freaks. But most of them are just a kind of nerd and they're very boy scoutish about guns. So they might be sort of, I don't know, moderate Republicans or kind of culturally conservative, but not particularly this or that. But their investment in gun culture is very much based on this idea of like being responsible and following the NRA rules. And like the only way that I can justify my conservative beliefs is through this idea of myself as the only responsible kind of political yeah, orientation. It, it's based on an idea of mastery and discipline and control yeah. of yeah. something powerful and, yes. and serious that is a testament I'm to your... I'm responsible. I'm an your, adult. Like, adulthood and masculinity and kind of, yeah, control over one's environment, but also discipline over yourself. So the idea that people would be brazenly using guns, I'm sorry, as toys publicly yeah. would be um, anathema. It would be almost blasphemous. And that's yeah. Yeah. indeed, if these accounts are too they believe why the gun the dick shooting Facebook groups have started is a big fuck you to the gun nerds who think that guns are something to be taken seriously and not have a bit of a laugh that we can all enjoy. Yep, because everyone's a baby now, and that means the conservatives are babies too. And it's like, mm-hmm. I know I, I have the toy. You can't put any limits on anything I do. I be, I poo beat my pants, and now I'm going to shoot them. 
I'm gonna shoot my poopy pants. What? Okay, but, but there, there are. That. <laughs> no. Yes. No. yes. Not do that. Actually, we're gonna sell that just as an app that people can push as a button on their phone. It's fun and party. You said that they appear to be taking pictures of themselves after the yes. dick mutilation. Yes. Okay. Yeah, they're they're I, live tweeting and live streaming their own mutilations. <laughs> I'm going to say that this does increase my sort of sense of this maybe being a hoax. But if it is true, Jesus Christ, masculinity is really in trouble in America. Like if like I, I don't shot it. my dick. We're doing I, great. I'm, I'm kind of with I'm, well. I'm kind of with Amber where I think this is just like a bizarre like high effort trolling. Uh, like no one's really actually shooting their dick, but. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, like, but there are uh, they do worse want things you to. Can do. Sh- that's the thing is, though. Even if yes. they aren't, they do want to. The fantasy is definitely yeah. there. Yes. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Sorry, I, I'm just. I just shoot your dick. I just, I, that's gonna. I, I gotta get that out of my head. I gotta say, um, depending on the caliber, I would probably rather be shot in the dick than the eye. Like, if it was a 22, I feel like you could repair the dick Ooh. if you were shot the right part of the shaft. Uh, you could live a complete life after that, but the eye, like stuff with the eye, freaks me out so much. Well, if it gets oh, shot in the so eye, I'd it's rather, gonna pass I, through to the rest of your fucking skull well, and brain. Gets, no, no, no not, not me, not me. If, if, if it great, it wouldn't pass through. I would oh, rather, I would rather it. risk the loss yeah. of one eye yes, than, than risk the loss of genital sensitivity. Plus, yeah. I, we've discussed this before, and we all agree, I would look super sexy. With an eye patch, we all would. Who, who, yeah. all who would. amongst us it's does not look? I, look I, like I gotta say, I, I would bring it to a next level thing. So did Daryl, Hannah, and Kill girl Bill. Girl with an eye patch, <laughs> yes, yeah. it's so the girl hot. With an eye patch is it's pretty so hot, hot, actually. Yeah. The girl with an eye patch reading this is the hottest. <laughs> <laughs> I, the only thing I'd like about the eye patch would be like I'd have to get a monocle for when I'm at my computer. Oh yeah. Oh, <laughs> you could get a, You could get a. You could get a jeweler's scope. There's yes, a, a you, you know what's uh, there's a weirdly high amount of men in my family with glass eyes. <laughs> I thought you were going to say destiny, there's a weirdly dude. high amount of uh, men in your family with jewelers loops, and I was like, that's not that weird, buddy. <laughs> that's not that weird. We all know. Well, no, a, there are a ton of there are a ton of glass eyes in my family. Maybe of, I'm destined. There's for a one. ton of glass dicks in my family. <laughs> <laughs> all right, everybody. Uh, that was a consequence of the Boer War. <laughs> Let's. <laughs> Let's wrap it up for this week, gang. Uh, Till next time, everybody. Bye bye. Bye bye. Bye bye. You may be an ambassador to England or France. You may like to gamble. You might like to dance. You may be the heavyweight champion of the world. You may be a socialite with a long string of pearls, but you're going to have to serve somebody. Yes, indeed, you're gonna have to serve somebody. Well, it may be the devil, or it may be the Lord, but you're gonna have to serve somebody. Maybe a rock and roll addict dancing on the stage. I'm gonna shoot my poopy pants. <laughs>